following program is being brought to you on the seventh wave network for more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit seventhwavenetwork.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hi, and welcome to Authentic Living. You know, there's so very many of us out there searching for the key to what? something for sure, something to cure our boredom, something to help our depression, our addictions, our anxieties. We look very often for this to the experts, to those who seem to have that elusive quality we're looking for. But as our guest today will tell us, we are the only true experts on us. Yep, you are the best expert there is on you. This doesn't mean to throw away the other experts. It means that you begin to listen to the experts through the filter of your own inner expert instead of as the expert being the end-all and be-all for your life. In my experiences, I have clients who come into therapy or astrology or Reiki and say something like, well, I read so-and-so and they said, my response is always, well, what do you think about that? It isn't that we should stop listening to the thoughts of others, only that if we wish to find and live the authentic self, we must find our own answers. Perhaps our answers will be the same as theirs, but we have to get there ourselves through our own inner journey. Trish Bishop, our guest for today, has found a quite innovative way to help us begin to take that inner journey necessary to finding our own answers. She had to take her own personal journey through a major life-threatening event called scleroderma, derma, excuse me, scleroderma, in order to begin her own waking up process that led to the book, The Question Journey. Previously an IT consultant to Fortune 500 com- companies, Trish's new mission is to educate and inspire others to wake up and choose to live consciously. Trish, welcome to Authentic Living, and thank you for taking of your time and energy to talk with our listeners today. Oh, it is my pleasure, and I, I have to say what, a, what an absolutely wonderful intro. I wish I, I had you on board when I was doing my publicity campaign. <laughs> you totally get it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> wonderful. I totally get it. That's it's really true. So yeah. g- give our listeners uh, 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 some information about how you came to write this book. Now, Ari, when you ask that question, sometimes I, I don't quite go down the right path. When you're asking that question, do you want to know about uh, kind of my, where my journey originated or yes. literally how I found the book? What, where your journey originated. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, that's, uh, it, it really started in 1998 when I had just given birth to my daughter, Brooke, and I all of a sudden was, was not, just not feeling the, the way that I needed to be feeling. I'm very short of breath. Um, you know, arthritis in my knees, literally to the point where I couldn't uh, bend down and get back up. And, uh, you know, it took them a couple of years to really identify what the issue was. And finally, I was diagnosed with a condition called scleroderma, which is a very rare form of rheumatoid arthritis that uh, is often referred to by some as the stone face disease. What happens is it starts to create scar tissue inside the body until the body literally ceases to function. 
So they had given me at that point in time uh, approximately, well, they said, you, you know, you're likely to live another seven years kind of thing. And, um, oh, here, by the way, we'd like to put you on methotrexate and all kinds of, uh, you know, really interesting drugs. Uh, and, you know, it's only now that I'm really starting to understand the power of the decision I made that day, but I told them I wasn't interested in taking any of their, any of their drugs, and I did not take any of their drugs at any point in time. However, that being said, it became very, very important to make a decision of that nature. I had no desire to die in seven years, of course. Uh, you know, I had a new baby at home, and my son was already uh, seven years old. And I wanted to see them graduate. I wanted to see them get married, and I wanted to see their grandkids, or my grandkids, I guess. So I made a very conscious decision, and I took full responsibility for that decision and then went down this journey of trying to explore how can I heal myself you know what are what are my other options besides what what the doctors are telling me and it was a really beautiful journey i mean it was it wasn't fun i won't say it was fun but it was really beautiful you know i explored things like reiki and i mean you know all all kinds of energetic and um healing modalities all kinds of physical healing you know cleansing and, and things of that nature and it really woke me up to how conditioned we are to not look outside of what we have been conditioned to see, you know, and the more that I explored different options, the more that I understood how little I really knew about my own body and about how I react to things either physically, emotionally, or spiritually. And so over the course of that time, I I really, you know, I went through a very intense cleansing and detox process with my husband and that to me was the most powerful aspect of of this whole journey because what happened was both of us walked into that year with different conditions we both went through the same process a very intensive uh, detox process and at the end of that year neither one of us had any symptoms and so, you know, it's not me just off as this one-off kind of walking miracle. It's two people who went through the same process, had the same results. So that was a very important uh, step in my process. However, going back to what you were talking about earlier as you introduced the show, it, it wasn't ever, It wasn't the, the final solution. It wasn't the piece, final piece to the puzzle. It really came down to me recognizing that even though physically I was much healthier than I had ever been, emotionally and mentally, I was still creating self-sabotage. I was still creating the same patterns. I was still doing the same things over and over in my life. And where was that stemming from? And so I really started to go deep into understanding how, while we may set ourselves up physically for disease, our spiritual health is really what helps to, what I believe is a, a significant determining factor in how that disease might manifest. All right. So there you're saying that the spirit affects the body, how we live spiritually, then affects the body, and the body, I guess, then affects the spirituality as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're very intricately intertwined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, and then that whole process led you to change how you live, how you think. One of the uh, key phrases that you used a little while ago is how we're conditioned to see. And I, I really think that's an interesting um I think it's very true, and I think it's a very interesting way of putting it. Talk to us more about that. What do you mean? How are we conditioned to see? Well, I'll give you an example, and this one's a bit of a, a bit of a roundabout way to get there, but, you know... Now in my life, okay, so I'm, I'm going to actually use this example um, in, in the reverse. So now in my life, I live a very natural, uh, organic lifestyle. And so I eat all natural foods, organic foods, that type of thing. 
And I live in a fairly small town. I just, I moved to this town. Our family moved here about four years ago. And, you know, but we've been here for four years. So my daughter calls me a couple of months ago and she says, hey, mom, can you come pick me up? I'm down at the Dairy Queen. And I said, sure, no problem. And I got off the phone and I realized I have no idea where the Dairy Queen is. Right? Because, you know, it, it, we always have these shutters on, right? It doesn't matter. You know, I, I call it, you know, kind of live in the box, and every once in a while I just like to blow up my box. But then I just create another one, you know. I just create another set of perceptions or conditions around whatever. So conditioning is there, whether it's good, whether it's bad. I don't, I don't put any labels on it. It just is, right? Mm-hmm. So I conditioned myself to the point where I only knew where the natural and organic restaurants and food places were. I don't eat at Dairy Queen. Hence, I didn't even know. I didn't even see it. I drive by it every single day. Didn't even see it, mm-hmm. right? If I go back to before we went down this journey, you know, we, we, we did all of our grocery shopping. We ate the same processed foods all the time. You know, it, it, your grocery, my grocery cart looked the exact same every week, right? And I never really explored or went outside or tried anything different from what I was used to buying, which was the same foods that I'd grown up on. And so all of a sudden when I start to go down this road of detox and understand the impact of foods and all this other kind of stuff on our bodies, you know, and, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, like I had no idea, right? And, oh, what have I done to my kids? And, you know, you go down through this whole process. But from a spiritual point of view, the conditioners are are there as well. You know, as a young child, I mean, I often kind of look at kids and and I'll watch them at at parties and things. And they'll be, you know, off having fun. And then they'll come to their mom and, 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 you know, their mother will say, oh, go give Uncle Joe a hug goodbye. And the kid doesn't really want to. Right? The kid doesn't really want to go near Uncle Joe because intuitively that kid knows that he doesn't like Uncle Joe's energy. And then the parent says, you go give a hug to Uncle Joe. Don't be so rude. Right? And that kid has just been conditioned to believe that they should not listen to the messages that their own bodies are giving them. Somebody else is the authority on what's good and what's bad. Mm-hmm. And right. hence, we have those conditioners every single day. And we have become so disconnected with the messages that our own bodies are giving us that we are lost, which is why we are on such a path to find fulfillment, find the answers, find, you know, and we're, we're always looking to these gurus or experts who we believe might have our answers because we've been conditioned that that is the case. Right, that the answers are outside of us, not inside of us. Exactly. Right, right. So, okay, now talk about how you came to actually write The Question Journey. Yeah, so that's a that's a fun story. Uh, I was actually I was not sitting there thinking, oh gee, I'd like to write a book today. <laughs> you know, I was actually I was downstairs uh, last Christmas, uh, December two thousand eight, and I was reading Joe Vitale's book, Inspired Marketing, and specifically I was reading uh, the story about uh, Cindy Cashman, who wrote the book called Everything Men Know About Women. And I was just kind of sitting there chuckling to myself and and uh, you know thinking, oh gee, I wonder if it's in that book. And as I read on, the book is completely empty, right? And I'm, so I'm just down there laughing hysterically over this. And all of a sudden, I just start to get this download. I mean, I don't know what else to call it. Inspiration, you can call it whatever you want. But um, literally, the concept for the book, the name of the book, uh, uh, the book itself ended up being written over the course of the next 24 hours. Like, I literally, I was up at 3 o'clock in the morning writing on little Post-it notes. As It, it was flooding my mind to such a degree I could not sleep. I, I couldn't do anything other than continue to write down these ideas. So it was a really, um, I've had that happen to me before, mostly around work that I've done, so it's not like it was totally out of the realm of my experience. But 
the messages were very powerful, uh, and they weren't mine, right? I knew they were not my messages. You know, for example, the book has to be black and white. Um, the book has to be, you know, even though it has imagery and, and, and stuff like that, it had to be black and white. It has to be collaborative. It has to be win-win-win. Um, you know, so all of these messages were coming through, but the really powerful message that came through is, Trish, this is not about you. It is time for the world to wake up and take responsibility each individual has to take responsibility for who they are, and this is a stepping stone to make that happen. Absolutely. You know, that experience that you had of, of being flooded with uh, messages, and, and we say it wasn't from me, it, you know, it, however we think of that, me, and whether it's, you know, the divine I am inside of us or the ego, whatever we think of with regard to the me, you know, that... Uh, we we hear a lot of people go yeah right uh huh that mm-hmm, yeah right this is just another uh, you know expert woo-woo. <laughs> yeah woo woo and it's an expert <laughs> talking to us about you know something we should listen to so they can sell their book the yeah. deal is that is a that is for, for centuries been a very common process for poets and writers everywhere that they get stirred in the middle of the night to write something and they get up and they write and it's it comes from some place, I, I say, it comes from someplace deep inside of us that's very authentic, and it is a divine place. Uh, so, you know, that I, I really want to, you know, congratulate you for being open to that process. I want to let our listeners know that that process isn't as woo-woo as we think it is. It's one of those things that happens in the creative endeavor where you just sort of, as they say today, get in the zone. and you Totally. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. And and so you know what we're what we're talking about today is a question journey that will help you listener to get in touch with and begin to live out of your own authenticity and we're going to talk some more about this right after the break. This is Andrea Matthews. We're talking today to Trish Bishop. online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology. A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. 
The incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 150 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S. 67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies, children are recovering. With well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines, Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcast each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Authentic Living, brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology, a school built to help you fulfill your dreams to help your world and yourself. And we're talking today to Trish Bishop about her new book, The Question Journey. And we've learned about her process that sort of brought her to the book and then the process of actually writing the book itself. So, okay, let's talk about the book. What does this book accomplish? What is its, what is its mission? The, the mission is, and I mean, you, you really spoke very eloquently about this when you, when you opened the show, but the mission is to, to get people to just stop for a minute um, and, you know, stop looking outside of yourselves. Just stop, really, and just take a moment to allow yourself to look inside. And I, I actually, I have, I've created kind of a, an analogy around this that I call the Band-Aid analogy, right? So, so what that means is that as we move through our lives, you know, even as very small children, each time we experience an emotional trauma or, or an experience or whatever it is, <clears throat> basically what we do is, and this again comes from the conditioning, is that we tend to pretend like we're strong, right? Oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. You know, and we just say, I'm okay, we're okay. And we never really allow ourselves to go deep into the emotion of whatever that has created for us, right? Now, some people do, so I'm not going to say this is a blanket statement, but as a general proposition, we try to pretend like it's okay. We continue to go to work every day. We continue to do whatever it is that we do every day, and we just kind of push it down, right? Right. So, in essence, what we're doing is we're putting a Band-Aid over it and, and pretending like it's all better. Now, just as we put a Band-Aid on a physical wound, if you leave it there and you never take the Band-Aid off and, and let a, you know, expose it to the air, it tends to get nasty and fester and, and just kind of not heal. So we're doing this with, the emotional, with our emotional wounds as well. And the intent of the book is to allow you the opportunity in a very safe and non-judgmental environment, i.e., you know, the, the book is your space, to really 
lift the Band-Aid off, you know, rip off the Band-Aid. Yes, it hurts. <laughs> yes, there will likely be tears involved or whatever it is for you. You know, so I'm not going to pretend like it's a cakewalk because it's not. But if you don't allow these emotional wounds to come to the surface and heal, they are going to create issues for you physically. They are a weight we carry with us. And as long as we continue to carry those weights and as long as we don't ever heal them, we're, we're just continuing to set ourselves up for, for disease. I mean, it's just, it, it just is what it is. I can't say it any other way. Uh, and more and more we're seeing this happen uh, where, the, where the diseases that people are manifesting are very specific to whatever emotional issues they have not resolved. And so the book gives you a safe environment to be able to go deep. And, and you know, you can go in as deep or, or as, you know, as light as you want, but just allowing yourself that space, just 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, to just be quiet and just allow yourself the opportunity to allow these wounds to come to the surface, take off the Band-Aid, expose them to the air, and give them that chance to heal. Right. So, okay, is there ever a time when you might, a person might go into this inner journey and find, instead of pain, joy? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely they can, for sure. And uh, yeah, yeah, they, they absolutely can. It, there'll be joy, there'll be bliss, there'll be things they, they didn't even remember, uh, you know, as children that all of a sudden come up for them. And yeah, and I mean, when I say tears, that could be from either way as well. Oftentimes I'll have things that'll come up for me as I explore these questions that will bring tears of absolute joy, for right. sure. Thank you so much for clarifying that. Yeah, I, and I think that's one of the re- there's two reasons, in my opinion, that people resist sort of going inside and one of those is that we really do want others to be held accountable for our lives Uh, you know uh, we want to say well I talked to you know Dr. So-and-so and and he said or she said and you know and we want them to say oh it's okay they're telling me what to do so I don't really have to be accountable but the other reason is we're scared of pain yes we don't want to be hurting and so that's in my view the reason we say I'm okay I'm okay in the first place is we're trying to convince ourselves we're okay (laughs) you know so so I, I think that, you know, the whole idea of going inward really does, um, it does take some courage. It is a heroic journey. And on the other side, I, I want to say there's also a great deal of joy. It opens up, I think, our capacity to feel joy that we haven't, and we've been conditioned away from, as you yeah. would put it. Yeah. And Andrea, you're so right. I mean, you know, when I, there was times on my journey where you know, I, I remember very distinctly, I remember watching the movie The Secret, okay? Uh-huh. And when I first watched that movie, the one thing that came through to me was, you know, they, they're saying go off and, and experience joy. Imagine the feeling, you know, feel the feeling of joy. And, do you know, it was really, really interesting how hard I had to work to figure out what that felt like. Right. I really had to struggle to remember what joy felt like, that zinging in yourselves. You know, I just... I really had to work hard. I had to think back years since the last time I had experienced joy. Yep. And that is a sad statement. Well, and it's true for so many of us. I mean, I just think that that capacity to feel that is conditioned out of us. I mean, Absolutely. We're taught not to be silly and not to, be, you know, yep. uh, sit still, shut up and listen to me, that stuff. And, and it's not, we're not taught to experience life. No. You know, really experience the joy of look, looking around a room and, Taking in the colors and the nuances and the feel of the air in your face and all of that, just we just don't let that happen. No, we don't. And and you know, it's interesting because along my journey, I actually got a dog. 
Ah, for exactly that reason, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, you watch this dog, they're playing with a piece of paper in the middle of the floor, and they're in such a state of absolute bliss, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we have so much to learn from that. And uh, But I do want to go back and just and just make a comment on something that you said uh, just a few minutes ago. Sure. And that is um, around... The fact that that we this thing around pain, you know, we don't we don't want to go deep because we don't want to be in pain, and I really believe that to a great degree. I mean, fear is the anticipation of pain, right? Mm-hmm. I believe to a great degree that we are living in such a state of fear, as a general state of being, that we don't even recognize how much it is affecting us day to day. So the theory that, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I don't know if I want to explore the question journey because I really don't want to go there, is actually um, a, bit, a bit of an oxymoron because you're already there, yes, right? You're already in a state of fear. You're already in a state of pain. You just, I do, what we do is we, call, we do what I call NTA or noise to avoid. We create constant chaos in our lives so we can avoid dealing with these issues. Right. Right. So it's not that the pain isn't there. It's not that you're not already feeling the pain of whatever that is. It's not that you're not already in a state of fear. It's that you've created so much noise you don't recognize it for what it is. Right. That and that's very well said. And that chaos really is a kind of noise because when that's one of the things that I think the Buddhists are talking about when they talk about emptiness. We get to that place where there's no more noise. Yes. Yep. And we call it emptiness because we don't understand it. Yes. But really, it's, it, it isn't empty at all. It's very full, and it's very often full of a lot of things that we haven't let ourselves experience in many years, including joy. Absolutely. Yep, yep. Okay, well, that was very well said. So, all right, so how would a person shut off? You've said shut off the chaos valve in your book. How, how does a person do that? <laughs> yeah, shutting off the chaos valve. I, I, you know, I mean, really, it, it's, it's just, uh, I keep saying the words just stop. You know, just stop. And and I know where people go. Oh, the kids have to get to hockey, and I got to get to my meeting, and I got to grab a coffee, and I got to. I mean, I know. I've been there. I live the IT lifestyle. You know, as an information technology professional, I did the eighteen-hour days. I was a project manager. You know, I, I've been there. And and because I've been there, I can tell you that if you choose to stop, you can stop. Right. It's always a choice. Yeah. So you may think that you have to do all of these things, but the reality is you've created your world in such a way that you've, le- you've led yourself to believe that your life has to be a constant state of chaos, and that's absolutely not the case. So people need to stop, and they need to be quiet, just quiet. No TV, no radio, no books, no nothing. Just quiet. And that's a very difficult place for many people to get to. People get very, in fact, it's one of the questions in the book, are you comfortable being alone? People are often very, very uncomfortable when all of a sudden things get quiet. Yeah. It reminds me of that song, and I I don't know the name of it, but it's by uh, Alanis Marset, where she says, what are you going to do if I stop? And then the music all stops, and there's this pause in the music. (laughs) Yeah. It's, okay, how comfortable are you with that moment? How was that for you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, I practice it. So when I'm when I'm at shows or I'm at author events or I'm doing anything like that, you know, I, I I've been conditioned. I was trained. I did trade shows since I was 13 years old, and I was trained. Hey, you're on the sales pitch. You're on the sales flow. You're you got to keep the conversation moving, keep the energy going. You know what I do? I put a book in someone's hand, and I'm I'm just quiet. Huh. This is their experience, not mine. Absolutely. That that book is either going to resonate with them or it's not. Nothing yeah. I'm going to say is going to change that. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Very well said. So um, I, w- I do want to hear uh, uh, over the next segment, and we probably won't have time for uh, the exact que- some of the exact questions during this segment before the break. But but that whole idea of asking questions um, when you were uh, getting your messages uh, as you were writing the book, 
the idea of the asking questions it puts us both in a mental and an emotional state. Um, so I think that's an interesting way of going about it. You're not just quietly meditating. You're deliberately, consciously asking questions. Mm-hmm. So say some more about that whole process and what that brings you to. Well, you know, I find that really interesting, you know, because I've been on a couple of different uh, of these uh, radio shows, for example, and somebody will call in or they'll they'll text in and they'll they'll ask a question. And, you know, I kind of listen to the question, and oftentimes if you were to just take away the question mark, they've already answered their own question. Hmm. So they're even asking it in such a way that they know they already know. Why are you asking me? <laughs> Why are you looking to me to validate what you already know, right? Um, so, so the asking of the question, you know, we kind of, we, we're naturally curious. So questions are a fundamental part of who we are. It's why people are so, you know, so into the media and everything. They're always interested in questions and they're always interested in, in hearing what those answers are. But there's a difference. There, I, want, I want to define the difference between information and knowledge, right? So we can get a lot of information. And that's why when you said earlier on, you know, don't discount all the gurus and the experts, but, you know, look at that as information, not knowledge. Only take what resonates with you. Use that filter that you have and just bring what resonates. That becomes your knowledge or that is actually a validation of your knowledge. It doesn't even become your knowledge. It's a validation of what you already know to be true. The, pro- the process of asking questions really allows us to kind of go into our experiences or situations or whatever it is that we've been through through a different filter yep. than just simply going back and talking about it as if it is. It yeah. allows us to look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, that's very well said, too, the difference between information and knowledge. And that, that is, uh, you know, I, like, like we said at the beginning, we have so many times come in and say, well, I've read so-and-so, and they say... There's that they, they've got the expert opinion, and we don't stop to ask ourselves if it resonates with us. And that resonating, what is that? How do we know when something resonates with us? It, it vibrates in you. I mean, it doesn't mean, like when something resonates with me, it's like my whole body is in agreement with whatever I have just read. Right. And I can read an entire book and never have that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of those out there, too. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take a break. We're talking today with Tris Bishop about her book called The Question Journey, and we'll be back in just a moment to talk some more about those questions. Listening on a Higher Dimension, 7th Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. 
and the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Authentic Living, talking today with Trish Bishop about her new book, The Question Journey. And we've discovered quite a bit already, and what we want to talk about now is those questions. What Can you give us a few examples of the questions? And I want to say, too, that this is something that you can also do online and in, the, in a written form. Is that that's correct? That's right. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's some people that, that just like being online, you know. So I actually have taken all of my e-learning experience and I've created an online experience for people. So if they prefer to be online, then uh, they're welcome to do so. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to talk some more in the next segment about how they can do that. But right now I want to talk about um, some of the questions. Can you give us just a few examples of some of the questions that are in the book and, and, uh, and how they might be helpful to someone? Sure, absolutely. Uh, one question that, that I that I really love was submitted by by a good friend of mine, Craig Kidd, and it's uh, if you loved yourself enough to make the tough call, what would it be? Okay. And I I love that question because you know we all have that tough call. <laughs> yep. In our lives, you know, the person that's in our lives that we know really shouldn't be there, who really isn't serving us, who really isn't supportive in in any kind of relationship for us. Um, You know, for example, sometimes for me and most people that I talk to, we have somebody in our life, 30 minutes before they call, we know they're calling. And four hours after we get off the phone, we are still suffering and reacting to the negativity from a five-minute phone call. Wow, that's very well said. Yeah, you know that's that person exactly right. has no place in my life. Yep, right. And the tough call is, it's time. It's time to go. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I don't need a relationship like that. I don't need to spend four hours recovering from a five minute conversation. Yeah, and the initiating the initiating uh, motivation is if you loved yourself. Yes. Yeah. Put yourself first. Put your health first. Put yeah. your happiness first. Yeah. And that's something we struggle with. We really struggle with that. Yeah, why do you think that is? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know that I have an answer as to why I really think that is. I just know that it is. <laughs> yeah, well, that, you know, I think you're right. I think it is. And I, my, in my experience, what I've discovered is so many times people feel guilty. They feel like that it's wrong or selfish to do what we call putting yourself first. Mm. You know, yes, that, I would agree with that, Yeah. For sure. So we resist that because we want to be good people, right? So we don't want to mm. say, you know, well, I'm a selfish person, but I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. You know. And, and again, it's the conditioning, right? What makes a, what makes a person good? Right. 
right? Because I can tell you that the person who puts themselves first and, and understands what their own happiness and contentment and joy is, is a person that does huge work in the world. Yep. That is a person who shares their gifts with others. That is a person who, who enacts random acts of kindness and doesn't look for someone to pat them on the back for it. Right, exactly. Because the more you are taking care of yourself, the more compassion you show for yourself, thus growing your compassion, which means that then you can turn that on other people as well. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep, we talked with uh, someone else last week that was also saying that everybody else just represents you anyway. So Totally. I mean, it, we're all one. We really are. You know, yep. and the more that, you know, I'll often find that as I'm working with clients, uh, their issues, the issues that they're bringing to me are my issues. Uh-huh. And as they heal and they move on and they're no longer there, I don't have that issue anymore. Exactly. Right? And it becomes a new issue. Exactly. Of course. Of course we're all one and we attract what is and, yeah, all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so if only you loved yourself enough, what would you do with that? What would you do with that self-love? Oh, would you be able to take that? What, uh, how was the question phrased? The tough call. Would you be able to make call. the tough call? Tough call. Yep. There you go. What would the yep. tough call? What would you do about that tough call? Yeah. Okay, so give us another example. Well, and I'll I'll, I'll share my my trigger question, the one that really kind of uh, you know did me in a couple of years ago, and that is, uh, what have you given up or gone without or not done because you haven't stepped up? Hmm. And this question for me is about, it was about playing small, right? It was about being willing to take a backseat while other people, you know, stepped into the limelight. It was, uh, you know, because I was good at what I did, right? Uh, it, was, uh, it, it was just playing small. Like, I have this potential. I have this capability. And this, this comes down to a very fun to, fundamental uh, fear that I discovered as a result of really exploring this question in depth. And what it came down to is many of us, will play small because the reality is is that when you play big, you are putting yourself out there in the world. You're essentially standing out in the world naked. And after a moment, you think about that and you're going, well, you know, there's a lot of people that stand around the world naked. Maybe that's not such a bad thing. But that's actually not what the underlying fear is. The underlying fear is that when you're standing out there in the world naked, will you be enough? Am I enough? That's the question. And I th- that's the core for me of why I had not played big. Yeah, that's very interesting, that playing small and playing big. That's a real um, interesting concept. Marion Williamson spends some time talking about that, you know, in her books, that mm-hmm. that the whole idea that we're, the thing we're afraid of the most is our own peace. And, and our own peace is big, and we are, we are huge, but we don't. We don't. You really do play small, and uh, that can be done in all kinds of ways, all kinds of hiding, all kinds of dishonesty, all kinds of, you know. Back doors. Back doors, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and if we play big, what that, what, what that means is that we're going to be true to who we really are. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing is, is that, you know, so initially when I heard that question, my thought was, oh, my God, you know, because I haven't fulfilled my full potential, what have my kids missed out on, mm. right? What has my what has my family missed out on, because I haven't stopped up? And that was the that was the initial, you know. So there's always layers, right? Like you could look at this book every six months, and it'll be a completely different book, right? Oh yeah. These oh, questions. Yeah. So you know, there's layers, but you know, so it started with that, and then you know, it got down to, oh my God, am I enough? You know, if I put myself out there in the world, what are people going to say? You know, and 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 I wouldn't have thought. I, I'll be honest, I wouldn't have thought that I would have cared what people th- would say. 
really, because I'm not really that kind of personality style. But when you get down to the deeper levels of the fears behind the fears, you realize you really are. Yeah. Yeah, because we've all been conditioned, again, to believe that other people are the source of our well-being. Yes. And that if we're not pleasing them, then we're not going to have well-being. Right. Yeah, yeah. So am I enough? That's a great question. That's oh, And what have we sacrificed by not being by not playing big that's right. a really great question yeah. and when we look at that really look at that the answer i mean the answers that we come up with to that have to be have to be startling enough to help us wake up a little bit yes which is the purpose of your entire book yes okay, okay. let's do one more sure um Okay, here's a, here's another interesting one that kind of goes to some of the some of the Debbie Ford and Marianne Williamson work. But what do you keep attracting into your life, and what lessons are there for you? Ah, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we're you know what we're we don't want to again we resist the whole idea of taking personal responsibility because we don't want to know what we're attracting into our life. We want to yeah. believe that it's just happening. That's right. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and and you know what? It's so it's so interesting because, you know, I've I've been stepping out of I, I would say I've been stepping out of corporate for quite a while, but I was very very fortunate to work with a wonderful woman in in Halifax uh, back years ago, Leslie Southwick Trask, who taught me there is no reason to separate your spiritual self from your business self, and that was a very very important lesson for me and one that I did continue to utilize to my benefit. You know, I really I I lived and and worked through my intuition constantly i've got it honed to a you know to a very fine a very fine uh, uh stroke so i i know i trust my intuition implicitly and i've done that over the years of working through business and and trusting my intuition and not separating my spiritual self from my business self and not being able, afraid to engage with people as human beings instead of a business contact um but as i listen to people in business uh, even today you know oh my gosh this guy over in accounting and you know and i hear people complain about other people and what they're doing to them and I, I just I go to this what are you attracting why is that person in your life and and they really really struggle with the thought that it is you know when do they perpetrate that on others that right. same thing that the guy in accounting is doing to you when are you perpetrating it to others and when you get someone to think about it from that perspective if they'll allow themselves they are shocked and they often will tell me within a, a very short period of time exactly who they're doing that to in their own lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And not only that, to themselves. Yes. How, how often do we perpetuate that same kind of neglect or abuse on ourselves? Yes, absolutely. And that being said, I want to put a little nugget in here because I think this one is really important and it's kind of, it's, it's not off topic, but it's a little bit out of the realm of where we are right now. But one of the things that I really, really encourage people to do when they rip off the Band-Aid and allow themselves to heal, forgiveness is huge, right? Forgiveness for the people that we believe or perceive have created whatever that issue was for us. And when I say forgiveness, exceptionally important. I learned this lesson hardcore just over the last little while. When you forgive others, take a moment to forgive yourself as well, even if it is only to forgive yourself for the fact that you held on to it for as long as you did. Yeah. Yeah, that that forgiveness is, you know, it's a toughie. It's uh, one of those things that we really struggle with, and and we can say very often that we're forgiving ourselves but haven't quite really done it yet. So that's a process that we have to learn more about. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, right after the break. We'll be back with Authentic Living and Trish Bishop in just a moment.
the new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. This ain't your mama's brain and health show. Tune in and get ready for entertainment and information about your mind and body that will really change your life. Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio is a sane departure from conventional thinking about diet, health, and the brain. Host Nora Gedgaudis will also combine humor and science to illuminate the mind and open your eyes to the principles of neurofeedback and diet, which can help you and your family live a better life. Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio airs live Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Trish Bishop and her book, The Question Journey. I uh, want to spend just a little bit of time first uh, uh, letting the listeners get to know how they may access you and the book online and these services that you're offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people can purchase the book through www.thequestionjourney.com. 
all of my contact information is, of course, on the website. I do have a blog that uh, that I just I absolutely love. The people that are that come and visit the blog and uh, and really engage in the community are wonderful. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm totally virtually connected. <laughs> Coming from an IT background, I've, I'm I'm connected in just about every way that I think I can be, which is which is great. Um, so you can find all of those links on my website, and of course we ha- also have a. Um, uh, community and events page where I provide information on some of the physical and virtual events that I'll be holding over the over the coming months. And there's just uh, one other project that I would like to share, Andrea, with your with your listeners because I, I I really think that it'd be interesting for them. I've created a members only community called Your Healing Sanctuary. And what this is, is I have, you know, over the course of my own journey in trying to explore different healing modalities, it was a very difficult to find out about different healing modalities. You know what I mean? If, if they weren't mainstream, I, I would just, I might stumble across them or I might never know about them. And then trying to figure out how do you find a good practitioner and what should I be paying and how often do I have to go and all of these kinds of things. So what I'll be doing through your healing sanctuary is each month really focusing in depth on a particular healing modality and bringing in experts to, you know, write articles and provide information and do teleseminars to really educate people around that particular modality so they can say, hey, you know, that resonates with me, I'd like to try that, or you know what, that's not really my thing. But at least it gives a forum for people to be able to learn enough about these different healing modalities to be able to make a decision on one way or another. Excellent. So you're sort of a gatekeeper there. Yeah, a little bit, and it also, you know, gets it gets some information out because, of course, these practitioners, you know, are out there on their own, kind of, you know, do, doing their thing. It's very difficult to to get any groundswell. So, you know, the more that I can create a community where people can tap into these great practitioners, the better. Oh, that's excellent! Excellent. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, I want to I want to close out to uh, talking a little bit about forgiveness because that is a major component of any inner 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 journey. And and so, talk about how how do people do that? What how do people forgive? <laughs> I call it jumping off a cliff. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> you know, I, for me, it is like jumping off a cliff. You know, because you sit there and the anger and the you know the annoyance and the pissed off, all of that's sitting there inside you. You know, and I literally, I mean, you know, I would choke on it. Right, the thought of forgiving somebody who had wronged me, I really would. And um, you know, I mean, I'm I'm thankfully past most of that now but of course every issues always continue to come up but it really is like jumping off a cliff for me because I'm laying there I've, I've made the decision I'm going to forgive this person and the thing that I think that's really important for people to know is in order to engage forgiveness you do not have to tell the person in person that you're doing it right all of this can take place in the you know in your own mind it does not have to it's energetic right it does, you do not have to tell that person you forgave them if you right. want to that can be even more powerful but it is actually not a requirement so, you know, so I think it's important for people to know that, first of all. So I lay there, I've decided, okay, I'm going to forgive this person, you know, for whatever it is that they've done to me or that I believe they've done to me. And, you know, I just kind of, and I can feel it, and I go deep into the feeling, and then I just kind of, I just say the words. You just say the words. I forgive you. I forgive you. And that's it. And then it's like this weight lifts. You know, it's like I jumped off the cliff and landed on the wings of an angel. You know, I didn't land at the bottom in the, in the rocks, right? I jumped off the cliff, I landed on the wings of an angel. And it happens every time. Never have I landed at the bottom of the gorge. Right. I think the key word there is the, is the decision, that you feel the feelings about your grief or your, the, the hardship itself, the anger itself, 
and then you make the decision. And, you know, the other part is that so much, so much of the time what we're thinking about is forgiveness is making excuses for somebody or providing for them some kind of atonement, which we don't want to do. Right. Right. So it's not... And, and that's not... Yeah, and, and that's absolutely not the case. Right. I, can, I cannot even tell you how many times I have, I have gone through the process of forgiving someone, that, not said anything to them, ran into that person at a later point in time, could be years later. Somehow, magically, whatever that instance or circumstance was came, comes up, they share their experience of it, and it's nothing like how I perceived it. Yep. Not even remotely close. Right. So our own conditioning and our own egos and our desire to be right, our need to, you know, our need to win, creates these situations that in most cases do not even need to be there. Now, that's not always the case. That is not always the case. You know, there's physical abuse, emotional abuse, all of those things that happen. But in many cases, I've experienced what we have perceived or created in our own minds around somebody else's transgression is often not exactly what it was. Well, yeah, and and, and the whole idea that uh, somebody else has transgressed against me as opposed to the many times I've transgressed against someone else or myself and that whole balancing act that we're trying to do, well, I'm better than you and you're better than me and yeah. that kind of thing that, that just total, is a total waste of time. <laughs> absolutely. It's so ego-based, right? Yeah. It's so ego-based, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And, and to forgive yourself, you know, and, and, and that sometimes is even harder than forgiving the other people. Okay. So is that the same thing? You feel the feelings of it and then make a decision to do it? So it's a little bit it's a little bit different for me per, in my experience in that sometimes I have to figure out what I'm forgiving myself for and sometimes like I said it's just as simple as I forgive myself for hanging on to this for so long yeah sometimes it's just that simple other times I have to look a little deeper to figure out what was my role in this right if I created this situation or if I created this or if I if I have perpetrated this against another or whatever the case may be it's allowing my ego to take a back seat long enough for me to really take responsibility and personal accountability for what I have done and to forgive myself for the fact that I did it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that takes that uh, compassion that for yourself that has to be developed with a, a keen eye toward just kind of letting yourself be who you are so that you can get to the place where eventually you can't, well, not just so that, but also it, an added benefit is that you that you get to the place where you can forgive yourself because you have so much compassion for yourself. Yes, uh, and I totally agree. I, I so often talk to people that are very well willing to forgive somebody else for something that they've done, which is the exact same thing that the person has done, but they can't forgive themselves for it. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one for us because we're so caught up in wrong and right. That's right. Okay. Well, all right. So in in the process of self forgiveness, and we are we set ourselves free, and that's the point of it. It's not about um, or forgiving someone else. It's not about justifying somebody else's behavior or our own, but really just letting ourselves be free, just letting go. Yes, and it is such a freedom, and you feel so much lighter. It it really is a beautiful place. I mean, it's where you get to that land of contentment and joy. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, are there ever times when you've forgiven somebody and those old feelings come back up? I have not experienced that. Great. That's not to say that it can never happen, but I have not experienced it. Okay. That means it's it's the real deal. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. All right. Well, Trish, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you today. I so appreciate you taking your time and energy to talk with our listeners. Oh, it's been my pleasure. All right. And we're going to be back next week with Mike Robbins about his book, Be Yourself, Everyone Else Has Already Taken. 
And just remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 